Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to episode 41 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Uh, I'm here this week with Sabrina Juvino. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we actually practiced that about four times right before it aired. So, um, Sabrina, welcome so much from the, to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So, uh, Sabrina is with a really popular bl- travel blog. It's justonewayticket.com. And she, the way I found her actually was somebody posted an income report. Well, I guess you post an income report of how much you make from your blog. Exactly, yeah. When I read it, I was like, this is really cool. I really like it when people are very transparent and and show exactly, you know, what they're doing. And most people, they dream about making money from a travel blog, but none of them actually make any money. So you're different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not that easy to to make money with a travel blog, that's for sure. And it it didn't happen overnight. I think I was into blogging for at least six months and then I earned my first $5 or something. But um, from that moment, it it uh, it continued and it almost doubled every month. Like it was in the first month, maybe five dollar. The month after ten. The month after twenty. And um, yeah, another six months later, I was like, wow, this is actually cool. And another few months later, I was like, okay, we can uh, we can quit our job, like me and my partner, and we can just uh, move to Asia and continue blogging from there. I think that's, that's really cool. That so we're gonna get to that story because. So I just had lunch, well, coffee, I guess, with, with Sabrina here in Chiang Mai. And the way we met was I had just, you know, randomly left a comment on her blog just, I think, like a week ago. Yeah. And the the, the post I saw was basically that she made in January, just a few months ago, uh, $2,314 from her blog, which I think is awesome. And I'll link to that article. Uh, if you go to travellikeabosspodcast.com, show notes, episode 30, 41, uh, I'll have a link to all her stuff, um, but it, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's a full-time income for two people uh, to be able to afford traveling anywhere in in Asia or pretty much pretty much anywhere. Yeah, definitely in Asia. Definitely in Asia, it's easy to to continue with this income. And I have to say, this was in January. Right now, it's higher actually. Wow, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, can we know that number? Um, I just made my reports for uh, June and it was, I made it in euros. It was around 2,000 euros. So that's like, I think. $3,000. Almost, almost a bit less, that's, two eight. That's yeah. good. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, you know, that's location independent. So you can do that while traveling. Yeah, and most uh, most of them is actually passive. Like, I mean, writing blog posts doesn't make me any money. Like, most of them is like partnerships with big companies or like I'm uh, affiliates, of course. Google AdSense uh, got really high in the last two months. I made uh, last month over 220 euros only from Google AdSense. Um, Why do you think that went up? I don't know. The thing is, I just tweaked one or two banners and suddenly my Google AdSense more than doubled. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I just changed one banner on my sidebar, put it a bit more up mm-hmm. and my income more than doubled. I was amazed. That's, <laughs> that is crazy. Well, okay. So if anyone wants to follow along, the, the blog is just one way ticket.com and it's beautiful. I mean, that's the first thing I see is has great design um, and it's very functional as well. And, but that, that a lot of that comes from your, your background. Like what did you used to do for work? Oh, I used to work as a graphic and screen designer. I did websites over five, six years. I worked for a TV company in Germany. 
And um, yeah, I think that helped me a lot to build a blog because I, I look different at websites and I, I learned how to do interfaces and all this stuff. And of course, graphic design is a big part of my life. So all these things is very easy for me. I think so. I think that definitely helped you a lot. I mean, I, people can definitely become successful not having graphic design skills, especially nowadays that there are things like Canva or different... Um, oh, I love Canva. Yeah. yeah. It's or, a great website. I recommend it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, PicMonkey, you know? Like, yeah. These are things that my girlfriend uses and she knows nothing about graphic design or, you know, uh, Photoshop, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I bet you if you asked her what a PSD is, she wouldn't know, but <laughs> she can make a beautiful photo for her blog uh, using PicMonkey. Yeah. Because now everything is kind of just drag and drop. Mm. Uh, so I think that maybe, you know, a few years ago, you had to be a designer we had to pay someone a lot of money to make you these nice blog graphics. But nowadays people, you know, really anybody can make a nice looking site. Yeah. That's why now I'm a blogger because nobody would hire graphic designers anymore. <laughs> no, just kidding. But <laughs> no, I um, really think it's killing the industry now. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, it was a personal decision why I decided not to work as a graphic designer anymore because yeah, I just want to work for myself and I want to do what I really love to do and not work for other clients and do things like that. But uh, it, it's true what you said nowadays. It was never easier to um, to design websites or even to build websites thanks to WordPress and Jimdo, mm. the, the provider that I use. Um, oh, you use uh, Joomla? No, Jimdo. It's Jimdo. called Jimdo.com. How do you spell that? Uh, like Jim and then Do. Okay, I never heard of it, but I'll check it out right now. It's, it's a German uh, company, actually. Okay. I worked with them like five, six, seven years ago. So um, I knew them for a long time and I really like their interface. It's really easy to make websites with them. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, again, I'll definitely check that out because my webs- my blog is on blogger.com, which is Blogspot. Yeah. And it's the oldest, kind of crappiest thing. And the only reason why I still have it on there is my blog isn't the way I make money. It's just kind of a side hobby. Yeah. And I have so much content on there that I'm just like, you know what? It works. It's, I'll just leave it. <laughs> if it works, yeah. leave it. I mean, like if you start like... Uh Changing everything to WordPress, it's it's a lot of work. So think yeah. about it if it's worth it. And if it works, just leave it away. Yeah, but I definitely agree that if you are going to start a new blog, you should keep Not do it on Blogspot. <laughs> <laughs> but the only benefit, and we were talking about this earlier, the, the benefit of Blogspot or Blogger is it's owned by Google. So even though they're not really actively supporting and upgrading it, they it always ends up ranking pretty high. Uh, it, your site's never like really broken or penalized because yeah. they're in control of it. It's kind of like how YouTube videos always rank high in, in Google search results. Yeah, it might be true. But uh, how do you get most of your traffic? Like, where do, how do people find your site? Uh, I get like 60% comes from Google, mm-hmm. which um, I do SEO. I'm not an expert at it at all, but I'll just... Um, it works for me. I don't know. Yeah. And Jimdo has a really nice tool to, um, yeah, to, to do the SEO. So um, most of my posts ranks pretty well. Like, for example, when you, I hope it's still like that. Mm-hmm. But a while ago, when you Google travel Philippines, one of my posts would rank on page one. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Facebook, I get a lot of traffic. I have like 14,000 fans on my Facebook page. So I, I realize that every time I just uh, share a post of mine, I get a lot of traffic from Facebook itself. And is it reaching pretty well? Because I know one big complaint that people have about Facebook is you can have 14,000 fans, but you know, the post only reaches a thousand people or something. Um, I, yeah, I noticed that when, when all this, um, discussion came up, I also noticed a drop, but then like recently I get on every, I get on average 5,000, uh, how you say fuse or like views, yeah, that's reach good. per, yeah. per image. Um, it 
didn't drop so much. I mean, I'm still, I, I can't complain much about Facebook. It's, well, it still works for me. The, uh, the algorithm behind that, for, for people that don't know, is instead of showing your Facebook you know, feed to every single person who logs onto Facebook, because obviously not all 14,000 people are going to log on that day. Yeah, sure. So, you know, right there, half the people are not going to see it. But then what they do is instead of showing it to everybody that is logged on, they only show to, let's say, 10% of those people. Mm-hmm. And if they interact, they either share it or they like it, then they, they Facebook assumes it's good quality content. Mm-hmm. So what they do is then they show it to the rest of your followers. So I think the reason why you get such good reach organically and you know for free because you're not paying for these Facebook ads mm-hmm. is because you have good articles and great photos that make it very easy for people to share. Yeah, I, I mean, I noticed that as well. Like some of my posts, they have been reshared like 50, 60, 70 times. Um, that's probably also makes the reason why I have a higher reach. Yeah. Well, one thing that I thought was really fascinating uh, is you only post once a month. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I, I'm, blog, I'm blogging only once a month? That, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Like, I don't, seriously, I have no idea how other bloggers are able to write like every two days a new blog post because I simply can't. Like, I'm happy if I make one or two a month. But I think my latest post was in May, was about the slums in Manila. And since then, I don't know, I was just so busy doing other things. Um, and it's just like, I mean, every, every article is for me like a piece of art. Like I put a lot of effort in the photos. Every article has at least 10, 15 images. And I do a lot of research before because I, I try to give as most value as possible. I don't just write a 500 word post. There, there's nothing like this on my blog. So I think it's more important to to give a value and I always think like okay when I write something I just ask myself am I proud of this post would I share this does this have a value um that's probably the reason why I don't post that often and but definitely you know just by looking at I'm looking at your most popular posts and the, the most popular one is Boracay on a budget a world-class island in the Philippines on $23 a day it's yeah. a beautiful photo uh and it has like a you know you basically made a custom designed uh you know picture with you know that that looks like it could be something out of a travel magazine or some kind of brochure so to me i look at this i'm like you know what i would share this yeah and i mean there was a lot of information there was like where to eat in boracay where to stay in boracay uh i listed accommodations where you can stay for like ten dollars a night so this was really this is something really rare and really hard to find in boracay and on top of this this were all affiliate links so actually Mm -hmm. this post is one of my big uh uh income streams actually yeah, you know, and this can almost be, I guess you can think of it as not really a blog, but a information website where these, every one of these posts are evergreen, which, you know, is basically a term that we use where it doesn't matter if you see it this week or not, you know, you can see it a year from now yeah. uh, and it's still relevant and it's still one of those things where people will still find it. Uh, while on a normal blog, like let's say with my blog, uh, because I, I update so often, <laughs> If you try to find something from a year ago, you can't find it. It's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's actually one of the downsides of blogging too often is your stuff kind of gets just hidden away. Mm-hmm. Uh, while with yours, I mean, the very first thing I, I, I see is on the right-hand side on your blog, you know, you have all the countries listed. Like, And it's not, you know, 50 countries. You, you have like eight countries that, that you blog about. And if I'm interested in the Philippines, I'll click that. If I'm interested in like Turkey, I'll click that one. Um, and it just makes it a lot a lot easier for people to to find your stuff like for example i have 12 posts that i did when i was in cambodia mm-hmm. i did one a daily blog every single day i was in cambodia for 12 days 
but I guarantee you, you cannot find that on my blog. <laughs> but what did you write every day? I, I basically just wrote what I did every day. <laughs> Um, so none of them were, you know, super well thought out. It was just for me, it was, it was fun sharing that experience, what I did. And there was actually really good information. Like one day I went to Angkor Wat, you know, so I wrote like, you know, what the, um, practical know, information, practical yeah, information yeah. about how much I paid, what to do. Mm. And then the next day I wrote, um, doing a little vi village tour on a bicycle around Siam Reap. And, you know, cause I wanted a day off of the temples and the normal touristy stuff. Um, And then the next day, I was like, you know, I want now want to fly down uh, down to the islands, and I found this cool island called Korong. And the next day, I went scuba diving. So it was all you know, all these cool things. But instead of posting, you know, twelve different blog posts, I could have just posted one An ultimate guide, yeah. ultimate guide <laughs> to Cambodia. <laughs> yeah, and I think it would be better in the long run, like kind of what you did. If I really spent time with it, I made like a nice. Um, photographic. I know. I noticed you even have really nice uh, videos of it. And if I like, you know, spent the time and actually, you know, instead of just recommending places, I took the time to put an affiliate link for that hotel. Say, mm. this is the hotel I recommend. And then if you book it through there, then I get credit for it. Yeah. And exactly. I think that's actually much smarter. So that's why I, that's main main reason why I wanted to have you as a guest this, this week is you're <laughs> one of the few people doing blogs correctly. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> But, I mean, I could, yeah. I could write probably more often. It's just, yeah, it's hard for me to write. I have to say it. I'm not a writer by heart. Like it really, it's something still difficult for me. And I do always a lot of research. And then, of course, I'm not a native uh, English speaker, so I have my editors. And are are you not? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, okay, so you you said that you were born and raised in, in Germany. Yeah, that's correct. And but judging from your website, it's. I mean, the spelling and grammar is much better than mine. And I grew up in the U.S. <laughs> I have editors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who do you, like, where are your editors from? Like, is it, um, do you outsource it or? No, actually, it's mostly, like, the more popular my blog became, I realized, actually, that people want to edit my blog post for a link back. Okay, nice. So you would see at the most of my blog posts in the end is a link thanks to my editor with the link back to their blogs. Wow. So I just want, made one time a call out and I said, like, who wants to edit my blog post for a link back? And, like, I get so many emails. So now I have a list where I choose every time from. Oh, that's But I have a cool. few favorite ones, which I always know they do a great job. You know what, what's actually really crazy is I have an editor for my book because I published it without proofreading it or editing it. Wow. And all the reviews I got was uh, that it was, you know, a really good book, had good information, but the spelling and the grammar was terrible. And you're native. And I'm a native English speaker. <laughs> and actually, I think it makes it harder because I just assume that, you know, whatever I'm typing is fine. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's obviously it's not correct. Um, so there's an English guy uh, named Russell, you know, big shout out to Russell. He basically just messaged me saying, hey, I really enjoyed your blogs, but, you know, You're, I, I took the time to edit it for you because it's terrible. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he sent me, you know, my entire blog um, post re-edited mm -hmm. and, you know, took me two seconds to copy and paste it and put it back up. And I said, hey, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And then I sent him a copy of my book. Uh, it's 12 Weeks in Thailand. And I said, hey, I don't know if you've seen my book, but, you know, here you go. You know, I hope you enjoy it. And he responds back saying, hey, I like, love the book, but, you know, do you want me to edit this as well? <laughs> So, you know, so now you have an editor. Yeah, so I just somehow, you know, found myself an editor. And it's surprising how many people out there just, you know, maybe they don't want to be the one making the blog. Or maybe they don't want to be the one kind of in front of the scenes, but they love to, to help out somehow. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, I also had a, a friend of mine, uh, an American guy. He was first also editing my blog posts. And then he yeah. said, oh, I really got inspired. Maybe I should start my own blog. And now, actually, he's bigger than me. Wow, no, <laughs> <He's>, no way. <laughs> he has like 40 or 50,000 fans on Facebook. I mean, like, he really rocked it. And he was a great editor. And um, I'm amazed. And I'm happy he started out because he has so much talent. His blog is uh, I dreamed of this.com. You should also okay. check him out. That's very cool. Well, okay, so I'm so I'm looking at your site and I see a post that says why I'm probably the worst travel blogger ever. <laughs> and it's it's awesome that, you know, it's one of those things where even though, you know, there's 10 tips that you put that you you know you can do to improve on your own blog and you're still a thousand times, you know, better than than someone who doesn't blog at all or most bloggers that, you know, kind of just throw stuff out there. Mm. Um and and I, I think I think I think it's just cool that you know you are actually making a full time living from this. Yeah. And that so many people dream about this. And what's even cooler is you did all this within a year. Mm-hmm. How did how did that come about? I don't know. I always say people were sharing my stuff for no reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I mean I was just sticking to it, and I was in the beginning I was obsessed with my blog. Like I wanted this so much, and. Um, I was promoting my blog as hell. I think what, what I always say, what is more important than writing a lot of content is like promote your blog like hell. Okay. Go to the people who has influence. So when I was starting out, I only had maybe 100 readers a month. So I was going on Facebook and looking for pages which are like big. And there was one page called Philippine Beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sent them links to my, my posts I've written about the Philippines. And they had, I think, 2 million fans. And they were like, hey, that's cool that you love our country and shared all my posts. Wow. And now, and now by now, I'm a contributor for their website. Okay. And um, I can also write for their blog and they would share all the stuff. And uh, this is what I learned in the beginning. Like, um, even if you don't have... The audience, like other people have it. So go to these other bloggers who have the influence, who have a lot of readers, connect with them. And um, yeah, and if you write good stuff, then why would they not share it if it's good? And I always say like, you know, if like I spam a lot, but the point is if, if your post is amazing, it's not spam anymore. That's true. You know? Yeah, I think spam is, people only get mad at spam if they click it and then they're like, they feel like there's, you know, it's crap. So yeah. like, let's say if I, if I get an email that says how to make a million dollars, you know, tomorrow and I click it and then it's some, you know, BS spam, there's no content, then I get mad. But if I of clicked course, it yeah. and it actually taught me how to make a million dollars tomorrow, I'll be like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, send me this all the time. Exactly. So if, you know, you, if you, if you, you know, spam me and you send, you know, 50, um, you know, Facebook, you know, if I see your, you know, your, your URL everywhere, like 50 different places on Facebook, but when I finally click on it and it has really good information, has great photos and nice videos, then I'm happy that you, that you, you know, I don't call that spamming. I call that just, you know, marketing. Um, and at the end of the day, I really do believe that if you have good content, that's what keeps you up there. Uh, so I'm, I'm proud of you for, for being so, you know, taking the time to make good posts. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's also, of course, like I said, the networking is important. And when I started out, I mean, nobody of all these big travel bloggers, they knew me. So I was like trying to reach all these uh, big travel bloggers. And I asked um, a lot of travel bloggers in the beginning if they're willing to give me an interview to tell me how they make actually money with their blog. One of my blog posts was like, uh, called I want to travel forever 15 mm. travel bloggers tell how to do it oh wow nice so the thing was like these 15 travel bloggers I interviewed all of them were really big and all of them had like thousands of followers so I knew when I interviewed them they will also share the post mm. again 
So it was like a snowball system. And this was one of my first posts and also that helped me uh, really to grow big and get a get a audience and like grow followers. Yeah, that definitely makes sense, especially if you're, you know, if you're getting good value and then you're highlighting stuff that they do, or then obviously they, they want to share it because exactly. they're, they're proud of, you know, being part of it as well. So I, I like that. That's a good tip. Um, so let's say someone is, you know, just starting out and they're like, they think, hey, this is such a great idea. They want to make a travel blog. Well, what steps would you tell them to take? Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> the thing is, like, you can never say what worked for me will work for you. Mm -hmm first of that i mean and they're like just school how to start a travel blog there will be tons of resources in the internet and i do a lot of things different than others so that's that's why i wrote this one post why i'm the worst travel blogger <laughs> in the world because i don't follow all these rules like what i was reading in the beginning one girl she said you have to comment every day 50 comments on other blog posts so they will find you back like, seriously i don't have the time for that and um i just can say what worked for me and and what i said like promote promote your post like crazy, mm -hmm. write something you're proud of it, give value to your readers. I think, um, yeah, people like to get help or make people laugh. If, you, if you're able to write funny stuff, that's also a good niche. And promote the stuff. Reach out to influential people mm -hmm. and promote it. I like it. So kind of just looking at your site from a third party, I would say the things that you did really well and that anyone starting a travel blog should do is first... Uh, take the time to to research and, and you know write out you know good quality posts instead of just putting out as many posts as possible. Exactly. Uh, second would be to have a really nice cover image that's shareable. So <clears throat> whether you use PicMonkey or Canva, you know, <clears throat> or if you happen to be a a designer, <clears throat> make sure you have a nice cover image for every blog post because that's what people see. Like and people when they share something on Facebook, they don't see all your photos. They don't even see the video. They see that one main photo. And if that's shareable, then people want to share it. Oh, yeah. And let me say to this, like, if you notice all my blog posts, always mm -hmm. the header image has a text in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's because of Pinterest. People pin it on Pinterest. And I get also a lot of traffic from Pinterest because they see the image and they see the headline and they see, oh, this is not just an image. There's a story behind it. Mm -hmm. And they click back to my blog. You know what? I will get on that and I will get on Pinterest because I'm not on that at all. Oh, Pinterest is amazing. I love Pinterest. You know, I've actually heard so many things about uh, Pinterest giving like the highest click-through rates nowadays. Um, and so I think it's just one of those things where people enjoy sharing, you know, the photos and then it makes it very easy for people to click it and it goes straight to your page versus like on, let's say, Instagram. Yeah. If you click the image, it doesn't go anywhere. That's why I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> I see. I think it's Instagram is useless. And I'm a, I'm like I'm not a photographer, but mm -hmm. I'm someone who has a passion for photography. So like, I'm not doing Instagram. You know, I'll do it with my Canon and I edit it in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And like, Instagram is something anybody can do. Yeah. So I do like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I would say those are, those are really nice starting points for people. Um, so what do you think the downsides of of travel blogging are? The downside of travel blogging, hmm, that there are too many. I mean, like, I think, I don't know how many thousands of travel blogs are out there. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely harder. I started one and a half years ago. Probably that was, like, still a good timing. And uh, it took me, like, almost a year to get into the top 100 or top 50 travel blogs. But it is getting harder mm -hmm. because, like, there are so many out there. And, of course, it sounds like the dream job. You're traveling. You get you get trips for free. And like, well, you know what? Let's talk about that. So how, how many, like, what trips have you gotten for free? Um, 
actually right now we are cutting back because I realized nothing is for free. <laughs> Firstly, this. Okay. I just canceled yesterday another press trip. Um, my first press trip was to Israel last year, mm-hmm. uh, to Israel and the Palestinian territories. And I was just so spied getting, uh, getting an invitation, like going somewhere for free, having free accommodation and going, doing all these day tours. So I said just yes to anything, you know. And uh, then I was there and like I realized, wow, this is so exhausting. Like I was like, I don't want to get up again tomorrow at eight o'clock and being on a 12 hour day trip. Oh, wow. And um, I mean, it was fun. And I want to say thanks to um, the company who invited me because I learned a lot. I learned a lot for myself. But I just realized after it was a lot of work. Of course, they expected also like several blog posts. And um, so right now we are cutting back. We were also recently we were in... uh, Korea and Japan, mm-hmm. and the trips were sponsored. Like, I mean, we got we got sponsored hotels in both mm-hmm. countries, and I still have to write about that hotels because it is work. And right now, we're at the point where we're saying we're not gonna do sponsored hotels anymore. It's not worth it. Like, yeah, I wow. rather pay mm-hmm. before I'm spending later three, four days writing the post, editing the pictures, mm-hmm. tweeting, facebooking, and all this stuff. Um, and on top of that, really ask yourself: Does my readers want to read all the time hotel reviews? Yeah. So we're, we're just cutting back from that. That definitely makes sense. And I would, I mean, on the flip side, I just got back from four days at a, at a hotel in Pi. And I'm, you know, I just spent all day, all morning editing a video for it. <laughs> I'm about to write a blog post and photos for it. So, and I paid for it full price. Yeah. So for a place like that, it's one of those things where if I was going to post about it anyways and make a video and put up photos, I might as well reach out to them beforehand and see if I can get it for free. Yeah. But if it's a place that I, I don't really have, you know, a big interest in writing about, mm. then I'd rather just pay the, you know, the $300, uh, not have to do that, and then spend my time, you know, writing a different post that can make me $300 anyways. Yeah, I agree. So that, that definitely makes sense. Um, the only, I guess, free trip I've gotten from my, my blog uh, is the ziplining tour. It was with a company called Canopy or X. And, you know, the requirement was for me to write a blog post and make, uh, put some photos mm-hmm. and put it on Facebook. And it wasn't, you know, to me, it was one of those things where I wanted to do it anyways. And I knew that if I went to do it, I would put up some photos and I would write a blog post anyway. So to me, it was a really kind of a no-brainer. But I definitely understand what you're saying where, uh, especially with you, because you really put a lot of time and effort into your post. <laughs> yeah. So for me, you know, it takes me, you know, I mean, at end of the day, it still takes like one or two hours to, to write it and post and everything. Yeah. Um, but it's something that, you know, I kind of just enjoy doing, you know, I, I would just throw it up there anyways. Uh, so if it was going to take me two weeks to research it and put it up, <laughs> then I definitely would not. <laughs> well, I mean, exactly. You have to exactly ask yourself, is it something I would do if I have to pay for it? And if the, if the answer is yes, then go for it. But if it's like, oh, I'll just do it because it's free, then, you know, there can't be a good outcome in the mm-hmm. end. But I think I definitely agree that in the beginning, it sounds like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, that was in the beginning of the goal. I was like, oh my God, one day I will get free trips. And then it all start, started like a few months ago that we got more and more of these offers. And now it's like, I'm rejecting, I'm rejecting one after another because it's just like, no, no, we don't have the time for that. And like, they're asking for videos and, and like some of them, they want them three, four, five blog posts. It was like, no, no, no way. we wow. don't do that. Like, I wonder if you can just give them your terms and say, um, for, you know, a for, banner. Is that what it... Okay. That's what I was thinking. A banner would be maybe a better idea. Maybe a banner and you could say like one, you know, one Facebook post or like... Exactly. Social media and banner. I'm trying to like right now I'm I'm thinking about that to offer a banner and social media promotion instead of like 
blog posts because like honestly especially these hotel reviews um I think you can kind of read your blog if you like just write yeah, all the time hotel reviews especially if it goes on your main page I wonder there's maybe also you can have a like a subsection of your blog where it says like hotel reviews that's what I did yeah yeah so then it doesn't go on your main page and kind of ruin you know ruin it because it's true because if someone let's say they're looking for a specific hotel or even in the city they, they're looking for like say you know Chiang Mai hotels mm. they will find that regardless if it's on your main page or not yeah so why clutter it to the you know you know, 99,000 other people that are reading it that don't, you know, care about it. Yeah, so. and I, th- I think a single blog post about a hotel is not very useful. A good idea would be, for example, 20 hotels in Chiang Mai for mm. less than $20. That would, and this, also, you can just connect with affiliate links, mm. and that would be a great value. People see, oh, cool, there are 20 cheap hotels, and you're even better if you add to every photo, add to every hotel photos. And, um, yeah, that has a, a way better value than writing a single hotel review about one place. Yeah. 100% I, I do agree with that I, I like the way you think as well um, so I just came back from a hotel in Pai have you been up there oh also many many years ago yeah it, well it's changed so much I'm sure um, <laughs> like so Pai is kind of like this you know kind of hippie backpacker that's what I heard know. yeah is it still a hippie you know village <laughs> uh, there are you know there are some hippie people that like it because it's so chilled out mm-hmm. but uh, it's completely different now there's so now it's more like there's a lot of families there. There's a lot of young backpackers still, but it's it's so small yet so spread out that you actually never see anyone. Uh, this weekend was some kind of Buddhist holiday where everyone got four days off of work. So my girlfriend had four days off of teaching English. So we decided, uh, hey, let's go up to Pi. Uh, and also it was my birthday. So it was kind of just perfect timing. Happy birthday, Billy. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, f- I think it was like four different people we had met uh, had recommended a hotel called Reverie Siam. And they all, every single person said the exact same thing. And they all said it was the nicest hotel they've ever been at. The service was good. The food was amazing. So they, they never left the hotel. So, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's just stay there. I didn't even look to see what other hotels were in Pi. I didn't look at the TripAdvisor rating. I didn't look at anything. I just booked it. Yeah. And when we got there, it was the best food uh, and it, it's only been open for six months, so it's pretty new still. Mm-hmm. Um, and we never left it. We just we stayed in the resort for four days. Like a pa- package tourist. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's weird. <laughs> uh, and what was really nice is my sister, uh, she, for my birthday, she phoned up the hotel and said she wanted to pay for our meals. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of... I, well, I, uh, well, it ended up being all of our meals, but what she did was she actually said... Uh, we want to. I want to put a hundred dollars down in credit, so you know, so Johnny and Larissa can eat there. Ah, oh, that's nice. And I thought that was such a nice um, gift from her because it's something that we're actually going to use. You know, instead of sending me like you know some junk, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so we ended up eating there every single night. Uh, we they have like it's really hard to find cheese in Thailand. Uh, yeah, like, uh, true. I agree. Yeah. So this place had the best meat and cheese boards, and it was just. You know, and breakfast was included. Was it like a high-end place? Yeah, it was. It was okay. Well, it turns out it was the number one rated hotel in in Pi, even though we had no idea. Yeah. It was just because we happened to hear about it, and it's something that a year ago I never would have done. Like I never would have spent the money to do it. Uh, but even though it's it was like three thousand baht a night, which is a hundred dollars US. Yeah. It's a lot of money for Thailand, but a like you couldn't you if you in back in let's say in Germany or in the US for hundred dollars a night you can't yeah. get anything exactly so it's one of those things where I'm like you know what I'll just spend the money and and just enjoy it 
Yeah, I mean, we do the same. Sometimes also we splurge. Not not only hotel, but like often with food. Because mm-hmm. sometimes also I want to eat Western food. Mm-hmm. And because I'm thinking, hey, I mean, like I can have here burritos. Maybe it's six, seven dollars. But there's no way to get burritos at home for this price. So it's still a great value. Exactly. And, um, I think it's it's important sometimes to treat yourself and And I think feel we, good. we enjoy it more when we're out here than we do back home. Oh, absolutely. Like if I, let's say I had that same uh, cheese board when I was back in the U.S., I... You know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because you can get cheese anywhere. Exactly. You know, I'm sure, sure in Germany, that's just breakfast. That's just mm. what you eat every day. But if you have a nice cheese board out here, you're like, wow, you know, this is something you take a picture of and you'll, yeah. and like you'll share, you know, tell all your friends about. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Germany, I'm, I'm going there uh, three weeks from now uh, to Berlin, which did, you said you spent some time in. I was actually just um, two weeks ago. I was in Berlin. Um, I still live in an apartment in Berlin. So I go back every once a year. Okay. And meet my friends and parents. I and I lived almost six, seven years, and I moved to Berlin in two thousand four. Wow, yeah. that's very cool. Um, well, I heard. I mean, I haven't been there yet, but I've heard Berlin is the the next digital nomad hotspot in Europe. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like there are a lot of German bloggers actually um, in Berlin, and. Um, well, I mean, people either hate or love Berlin. I yeah. also wrote exactly a blog post about that, okay. like reasons why I love and hate Berlin. Uh, for me, I lived a long time enough there. Like, I would not go back right now to Berlin. But, like, you know, I think it's one of those things where... So, I lived in California my whole life. And yeah. And there's tons of people who would love to go to California. Like, yeah. I lived in San Diego, which is a great place. I lived in San Francisco, you know, which is great as well for, like, internet, anything. Yeah. But I, would, I, don't, I do not want to live there. And it's because I grew up there. So, I'm thinking... You know, I'm assuming it's the same thing with Berlin, where if you didn't grow up there... You know, it would be, wow, this is such a cool place. Oh, well, I didn't grow up there. I, I went there the first time in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. I went there for a weekend and then I, I grew up in the south of Germany. And a weekend in Berlin was enough that I came back to the south and I quit everything. And like two months later, I moved to Berlin without even having a job or knowing anyone there. It was just like an intention that said me move to Berlin. And it completely changed my life. It was one of the best decisions probably because then also like I really picked up with my job and like worked as a graphic designer and like... Uh, the opportunities in Berlin were just much better than like in South Germany. And I think also I became more open-minded like for traveling and all these stuff, things that mm-hmm. never even occurred to my mind. I started traveling late, like when I was like 25. I, I went the first time abroad. Wow. You know, I was actually the exact same way where mine, so I grew up in San Francisco and for me to move down to Orange County or LA, which is they're still the same state, it's still California. To me, it was such a big move. I thought, like, wow, this is like the end, you know, this is like a, like moving to another country. Exactly. I always say Berlin is not Germany because it's so international and so different than the rest of Germany. That, that's for sure. But that's what kind of sparks it all. So, we're, you know, wherever you guys live, if you've lived there for the last, you know, your whole life for the last 10 years, just move somewhere. Even if you just move to a different city, that will spark everything. Like, yeah. That will spark some creative change. Yeah. I agree. So, okay, so if you had to, let's say you had to stop traveling today and you, and you had to pick a place to live and to settle down, where would it be? Oh, I think the Philippines. Really? Man, yeah. You know what? I definitely left pieces of my heart in the Philippines. Like. Okay. What parts of the Philippines do you like the most? Oh, it's really hard to say because like every time I go back, I mean, people, uh, if you know, the Philippines is like uh, made up of 7,000 islands. And every time I go back, we'll discover new islands and it's just... It's a tropical paradise, and the people are so friendly there. And um, I think in the last five years, I've been in and out to the Philippines like seven or eight times. And I always, I always thinking like maybe one day I'm gonna live there. 
and I just love the culture. I love the people. They're so friendly, and the beaches are like probably one of the best beaches in the world. Um, we spent some great time in Boracay several times, and also in the south where it's like less touristic. Siegao, I wrote a great blog post about Siegao. Um, it's beautiful there. It's just amazing nature. I've heard so many nice things about Philippines. I've I've only been there for I think it was about two weeks, and I was in the north, so I went to all the rice fields and I went to the mountains. And I thought it was beautiful. Um, I like the fact that everyone speaks English. Yeah, and that that's a big advantage. That people true. are friendly. Things are you know pretty cheap, and the visa is really easy there. Yeah, exactly. So I really want to like the Philippines, but. I don't. Know. I think it's it's the food that I just can't get over. But I can't. I can't. You went to the Philippines and you haven't seen the beaches. I mean, like that's yeah. like I think the signature for the Philippines, the beaches. So I will go back and and check out the beaches. I'll go uh-huh. down and check out Boracay. And a lot of people I know are out in Davao. Uh, there's the guys from Empire Flippers, Justin Cook and uh, Joe Minlaudi. You know they're out there. But you know they're coming to Chiang Mai. So yeah. to me, it's one of those things where if it's so great in the Philippines. <laughs> You know, why is everyone leaving the place? Well, I mean, what, what you said about the food, I think the problem in the Philippines is like that the most accessible food, like street food and everything, is all very, very greasy and like either totally sweet or salty. Um, you can have great food in the Philippines, no doubt, but if you, you pay more than like, for example, here in Thailand. In the Philippines, we always eat in restaurants. We don't really go for street food. Mm-hmm. Even most of my Filipino friends, they would not eat street food. There's, wow. there's not this street food culture like it's in Thailand where you can get food on every corner and everywhere they're making spring rolls or noodles. It just, it's just not the, that way in the Philippines. But you can have great food. Like the seafood is amazing in the Philippines because everywhere the coast is nearby. Yeah, and the seven thousand islands. So yeah, it's it's just sense. you pay a little bit more. It's still it's still a good it's still affordable, but yeah, I have to admit it's not as cheap as here in Chiang Mai. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, and the thing about Chiang Mai is I keep forgetting, like because I've been here for so long. There's like little things, like for example, I'm sitting in a you know in a taxi and a monk gets on. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and like you don't see that in Germany. <laughs> no, no, you won't. You know, and. It's like, and you know, you drive by, there's these beautiful temples everywhere, and it's things that you just forget about, you know? And I think th- those are the things I'll miss the most. So one of the, the big topics right now are the visa run changes in Thailand, that basically they're cracking down on, you know, to- people using tourist visas back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, and that has a lot of people scared. Like, um, and, and, you know... Yeah, everybody's getting paranoid right now. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is... You know what? Who knows what's going to happen? And literally nobody knows what's going to happen six months from now. Uh, so I just wrote a blog post about it. It's johnnyfd.com. And you can, I mean, basically, you can just enjoy yourself for three months and then worry about it. Because most of the people right now that I know that are stressing about it are not in Thailand. Like everyone I know in Thailand, you know, they talk about it, but they're not really worried about it. They're like, okay, whatever happens, happens. Mm. All my friends that are stressed about it are back in the U.S. They, they've never even been to Thailand. They've been planning a trip for the last four years and never been. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I keep telling them, I'm like, this does not affect you. You're coming here for, you know, for three weeks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just like, you don't even need a visa. Just show up. Don't worry about it. And I really think it's the mentality of people who actually travel and are actually here we're like you know what if it does happen they crack down it sucks but there's options we can go to Davao we can of go course. to the Philippines we can of go course. to Cambodia if they don't want us here well I find another place <laughs> yeah and it would be sad because I really love Thailand there's I mean there's very few places in the world that are that hit all the criteria good weather friendly people uh, cheap cost of living great food and access to things like 
mountains and islands. Um, yeah, and still, I mean, like it's still very, very westernized, and also the transportation is very developed here. I mean, like it's no problem to go by bus back to Bangkok. Everything is so organized here. That's also what I like here. Yeah, so I do love it here, but I guarantee you, two years from now, three years from now, there's going to be another version of Chiang Mai somewhere else. It might be Siam Reap in Cambodia that's still developing. Maybe Davao. <laughs> it could be Davao. It could be. Uh, da Nang in Vietnam. Yeah, you know. Bali also. It could be Bali. Yeah. And I'm not worried because basically if you have a location independent business or even a travel blog like Sabrina yeah. <laughs> and you're making enough money where you can afford to live you know, in different places and afford a plane ticket, you know, we really have all the freedom in the world. I mean, even if you like, okay, so you're making $3,000 a month from, from this travel blog and it's passive and you're supporting you and your boyfriend, which is a incredible yeah you know and if chiang mai tomorrow doesn't want you you're like oh well, well i can go literally anywhere yeah exactly. where would you go um yeah like i said i mean definitely the philippines is high on our list but i also would love to explore some new places um in three months we are going to uh, penang mm-hmm. to malaysia down and have a look how it's there and um we were two months ago. We were in Tokyo, and gosh, we loved it. But I'm not sure if we could afford to stay in Tokyo a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm but sure but I was just thinking maybe we could just do it for like two or three months. I mean, like not forever, but I think two three months we could also survive in Japan. I just love the culture there, and of course also the food. Well, I, also, I've heard that there's uh, the islands in the south of, of Japan. Uh, I think like Okinawa. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a lot cheaper than Tokyo. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. You get the same, you know, you get the same Japanese culture, which you like, but you also get the beach. You get, you know, it's okay. an island, you know, you get scuba diving and it's supposed to be half the price. So yeah. may- maybe you might like that place. Okay. Good to know. But I think there was just a typhoon. Wasn't there just a typhoon in Okinawa? Just a few days ago. <laughs> was it? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't look at that. I read something on the news. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't follow the news clearly, so okay. we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and... But, you know, there's, there's so many options, you yeah. know, and I would hate to leave Thailand, but it's nice knowing that, you know, having some kind of business like we have. So I do drop shipping, you do blogging, but it's at the end of the day, you know, we just kind of get money from, I don't know, these random places and just deposit in our account and we can use it anywhere, which, which I think is really cool. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are curious how you actually make money from your blog. Uh, yeah. And the, the breakdown that I saw was super cool because, you know, to me, I kind of skipped over some of it. You know, I just looked at the big numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what are kind of like the, 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 the top three revenue sources from your blog? Uh, well, one part is branded content. That means like um, companies are paying me for like publishing either their content or um, also I do... Um, tweets sponsor tweets that company would pay me to to mention them on twitter but of course like i mean i have to say it has to be related to me like i'm not gonna tweeting about some i don't know poker website yeah. like if it's travel related and if i'm like convinced hey this is something cool I'm, I'm happy to share it and then of course affiliates my top earner is agoda uh-huh. uh, i i use agoda personally also all the time because i think i never find hotels cheaper than on agoda itself so of course i recommend it all the time and uh i make good commissions on agoda and also just simple like contextual advertising, Google AdSense, and together with YouTube, we started to monetize our videos, makes a few hundred dollars a month. So it, it all sums up. Yeah, I, I like that. And I like how it all adds up together. And, and we're, so 
there's, let's talk about the three. Let's break them down. So the first branded content, uh, how do these, co- do you contact these companies or do they find you? Uh, not anymore. In the beginning, I was like reaching out to advertisers and, but now I get them daily. I get daily emails. So how do you even like, how do you even find an advertiser? Like what's an example of, let's say you're starting out. And you're uh, when like, you totally start out. Yeah. Well, you look at other bloggers and, um, like look in their sidebars, if they have like banners and like contact these companies or just like, I mean, just contact other travel bloggers. I mean, I know most travel bloggers, they do this kind of sponsored posts and just ask them like, Hey, are you interested in like, um, swapping contact like i mean just send me an email i'm happy to give you a few like i'm personally i don't like these bloggers who are like keeping everything and say oh if you send me five contacts i'll send you five back Uh i think that's bullshit like i'm happy to help so if you need if you want to have some advertisers drop me an email i'm happy to help you out okay that's nice and so these advertisers what they do is they want to put like a banner on your sidebar and they in there they put like a hotel or what do they normally advertise? Um, yeah, it's uh, for me it's mostly everything is like travel related. Okay. It's like either like travel companies or like car hire or mm. so either they want banners, but I it's actually most of them they want they want posts they want blog posts. Okay. So either they send you a blog post or they ask, uh, oh, I saw this post on your article. Can we just add a link into this? But mostly I don't do this because. Not all often it looks naturally, so mm-hmm. I try to avoid it. I'll just I'll just ask them to write the content for me because also I don't have the time to write content for okay. them. So basically, they just sent me um, a completely written blog post, and I would publish it on my post. And what most bloggers don't know in the beginning, I didn't do that because I was always thinking like, oh, I don't want to have content from advertisers because it has no value for my readers. Mm-hmm. But then I realized. I don't need to promote them. Like they don't really care about this. All these advertisers want is just a link back from mm-hmm. my site. So actually, if you look on my blog, most of my sponsored posts, you will not even find them because they're all hidden. Mm-hmm. They are they are literally they are existing, but they are hidden. So they get, they get the link back from my website, and my readers won't see them. So it's a win win. So basically, what they're looking for is the SEO link back. Exactly. So yeah. for for those you know who aren't really familiar with this, so let's say you're a travel company and you want to rank high for Chiang Mai tours. Yeah. Uh, what you know. Basically, the way that Google thinks, hey, you're really relevant and it makes it higher for that search term is are other travel or travel bloggers basically recommending you as a as a Chiang Mai tour company. And if you're coming, you know, if there's a link on Sabrina's site or any other kind of like, you know, really popular travel blog site that says, you know, that talks about uh, Chiang Mai tours and has a link to you, then obviously, you know, Google assumes, okay, you know, you know this deserves to be on the top spot. Exactly. So that's basically what they're they're paying for. Exactly. Yeah. And even if you didn't hide it, it would you know you still don't have to blast it out on your Twitter and your Facebook. So it can be one of those posts that kind of just you know goes up and goes goes somewhere on your blog, but it's yeah. not really in front of anyone's face. Exactly. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so this, the second one that you're talking about, their method of making money is through partners like Agoda. Uh, which I actually signed up for as well. And, yeah, affiliates. Yeah. Um, so I signed up for the affiliate, uh, I go to affiliate because I saw that you're doing well with it. And to me, I was really comfortable promoting uh, Agoda as a, as affiliate because that's the company I use as well. They're an awesome, it's an awesome website. I mean, mm-hmm. like that, that's also important. Like if you work with affiliates, promote things that you really think it's awesome. Otherwise, if you don't think it's awesome, nobody else will. Yeah. And th- yeah, th- at the end of the day, it's like, why would anyone buy it unless it actually is good? Right? Yeah. So they can, they, maybe they might click it, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy it. And then if they don't buy it, you don't make any money. Exactly. So, you know, for me, I have a recommended resources page on my blog and every single thing there is stuff I personally use. And some of them are affiliate links and some of them aren't. Uh, but 
if they have an affiliate program, why wouldn't I put up a affiliate link so mm-hmm. I can get credit for for referring you? Because at the end of the day, uh, let's say you you know you book a hotel through Agoda, mm-hmm. and you used my link or you used Sabrina's link, you don't pay any more as a customer. Yeah, you know, that's I mean, true. I think if you know you had to pay ten percent more or just so we can get ten percent commission, that would be you know that would not be nice. But if you went straight to agoda.com or if you went to one of our websites and then click the Agoda link, you end up paying the exact same amount yeah. as a customer. And, you know, by you, you know, by, by you getting, you know, giving us credit for it, it encourages us to, you know, to keep blogging, keep posting. So at the end of the day, it's a very fair trade off. And I think that's why nobody minds, you know, buying through affiliate link if it's uh, something that people actually recommend. And like for this weekend, I went to, you know, I stayed three nights at this great hotel. If I had used Sabrina's link, she would have got, you know, the bill was like 300 US. You would have got, I would have got 6%. See? Yeah. (laughs) And I would have paid the exact same amount. So if I had known Sabrina, you know, a week ago, I would have happily bought it. Now you need to go again to pie. Okay. (laughs) I I told my girlfriend that we have to go back just so we can give Sabrina his credit. Uh, No worries. Um, But you know, I I think it's really cool. I mean, like, so Agoda is basically the, like, hotels.com of Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Agoda is worldwide, but Mm -hmm. I I can see, like, what hotels are booked. And most of them are in Asia um, because I think they have better rates or like just a bit, uh, a bigger choice in Asia, but I also booked hotels in Dublin through Agoda. So it's, it's worldwide. Um, it's just more popular here. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so that's a great way to make money is, you know, promote an affiliate product that you believe in anyways. Uh, and you know, I saw on your, on your breakdown, that's the kind of one of the biggest revenue sources you get I Yes. Mean, from the, from the last post I saw that was, you get like $500 or more a month from just Agoda. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And, you know, and I think that's that's awesome, you know. Uh, and then the last, the third one that you said that you make money from is? Uh, also Google AdSense, okay. like uh, together with YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those who don't know what that is, it's basically, um, you know, she puts a line of code, you know, in, you know, somewhere on her blog where Google, they decide what ads to display. The nice thing about this is it's, it's probably the easiest out of the three because it doesn't doesn't take any work and Google will automatically update the ads based on what you know the the viewer was searching for right before yeah. they came to your site <laughs> so if they were searching for you know Vietnam hotels before they came to your site that would be the ad that would show exactly if you were if they were searching for black anal dildos I see all the time Chiang Mai <laughs> banners now <laughs> yeah I see all the time rent in Chiang Mai <laughs> okay <there laughs> because I was searching before for a room here <laughs> There you go. So I, I think that's really cool as well. I, I have it on. So I actually have a. Um, I don't I don't think I don't consider a travel blog. It's more it's a Muay Thai blog. It's myfightcamp.com, and it's the one that I wrote four years ago when I was traveling around Thailand doing Muay Thai, and I went to all the different gyms and wrote about it. And I never monetized it. It was just kind of, you know, it was just kind of for fun. Um, and then I decided I was like, you know, what the heck? Let me put Google AdSense on there. So now, you know, Google automatically puts some ads, you know, somewhere in between posts and on the sidebar. And I don't make a lot of money from it, but I think I make like, you know, 30 bucks a month or something f- from it. And I don't, I don't do anything. So yeah. it, it is a nice kind of just a separate, um, like a separate income. Uh, same thing with YouTube. I had no idea that I even had subscribers on YouTube. And the way it actually came about that I realized I did was I uploaded a video, but then I had to... I went out to dinner or something, so I I didn't you know promote it on Facebook or Twitter or anything. So I just assumed nobody saw it. <laughs> and then I woke up the next morning and it has like you know a couple hundred views. I'm thinking, 
how did people even find this video? I, like, I didn't even post it up yet. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out, you know, I have like a thousand subscribers on my YouTube That's channel. Great. That had no idea. So, and I never monetized it. So finally, I think it was two months ago, I clicked one button and I wrote, you know, basically on YouTube, you can, you can click monetize my videos. Where yeah. they'll, they'll put up those, you know, the, the ads in your video. And to be honest, I didn't want those on before because I thought they were a bit annoying. Um, but the thing is, you know, people are so used to having it there. And, you know, people know just to click X if they don't want to see the ad. So it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. Oh, and you need to say that you get paid in YouTube even if they don't click on the ads. Oh, do you? You get paid per views, not per clicks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, that's that's cool. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm making, I think I'm making like 30 or $40 a month from that as well. So how, I just, many, how many videos do you have on YouTube? I have no idea. I, I, I honestly I have no idea. But did you monetize all or just a few? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very good. At uh, stuff I'm amazed at how you run your YouTube. <laughs> yeah, um, my YouTube channel is to me was not even a channel. It was like just a place where I can put videos so I can link it to my blog. Yeah. Um, and I haven't, you know, it. I'll, I'll put up for you right now, and you, you can see. So basically, the way that you you talk about how you don't update your blog, I don't update update my YouTube videos. <laughs> So basically what I do is I, um, I, I post one video every like, I don't know how many months, every like one month or something, I post one video. Yeah. Uh, but it's usually something, you know, I enjoy doing, uh, my, okay. So I'm clicking my channel. So if you guys want to follow along, it's youtube.com slash Johnny J three N, which doesn't even mean anything. <laughs> so I'm clicking. All right, so I, I don't even know what to look at, so I'm, I'm going to have you do it. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. My boyfriend is a YouTube expert. Oh, is he? Okay, I see. Yeah, he's running my YouTube channel. Wait. Videos? About, I don't know. So, you know what? We're not going to worry about this because, <laughs> obviously, I'm not a YouTube expert. But what's cool, I mean, I guess what we can learn from this is the fact that if you, if you put out good content, you put out good videos people will find it even if you if you have no idea what you're doing. So I just so I'm going to rank it by most popular. And the most popular one is That's the amazing. You have 60,000 views on this. Yeah. You should you, but you have to monetize each of them and I'm sure you're going to make a few hundred bucks a month. Okay. So <laughs> let's see if this is monetized. I don't, I don't know how to do it. Uh, no, it's not monetized. It's not, so if it's monetized, I would see here a yellow bar. Okay, well, you know what? By having this conversation right now, I'm probably just going to make an extra $100 a month from it. So, um, yeah, basically what, what I wanted to say about, you know, about, you know, YouTube is there's there's people making, like, pretty good money from, from YouTube. Uh, yeah, And, like, absolutely. the you know, those people that you follow, like, the people I follow, there's a guy named M MKBD or something. Um, yeah. I forgot his name, Marcus Brownlee. He... You know, and he shows all the new gadgets. So he shows all the new phones or all the new computer hardware, and he gets like a million views. Tutorials, Tutorial. also good. Yeah. yeah, they uh, get a lot of clicks. I say any girl that's pretty that shows how to do makeup. Yeah, gets a ton <laughs> of views. I know, and and kittens. Oh god, kittens. <laughs> anything with yeah, anything with cute cats. I mean. It's insane. I mean, how much money do you think those people are making from like a million views? Uh, well, you can say roughly. I mean, it, it really depends who is your audience. Like we notice like if Americans watching our videos, we earn more money than if like, let's say Filipinos watch them. But mm -hmm. I think on average, what can you say? Per thousand views? Two, two, two to six dollars per thousand views. Okay. You know, that's pretty so good. So you can calculate that up. You have on this 60,000 views. Mm -hmm. 
And if you would get three dollar per thousand views, you can calculate that up. I can't calculate that. You, okay, I can't. I'm not. Very <laughs> <laughs> I need a calculator for this too. Um, but what's actually pretty funny? Uh, so, I I signed up for a partnership. Um, so somebody contacted me through my YouTube channel from Thoughtful Media Group, and I just signed a contract with them where I'm gonna give them 25% of all my YouTube earnings for the next two years. And I don't know if it was a good choice or not. What are they doing for you? I have no idea. I honestly, I. I looked at the website and it looked nice and I figured, you know what, I'm not making any money from my YouTube channel anyways. So I'll happily give them 25% of nothing if they somehow make it into, you know, into something good, which I'm sure I could have just done on my own, but it's kind of, it's kind of cool knowing that my YouTube channel is, is popular enough where yeah. people were reaching out to me wanting to, you know, to actually partner with me. Um, but you know what? All my videos, you know, are just stuff I enjoy making. I've never, I never thought to make money with any of these videos. Uh, you know, it used to be, you know, all my Muay Thai fights I would put up there. And then every time I moved into a new apartment, I would do a little video tour. Every time I would pack to go to Thailand, I would, I would put that, you know. Uh, but I mean, this is there. the way to do it. You're gonna make videos because you love it, and I think you should get paid for paid for it. I think it's really time to start monetizing all your videos. I, I think I will. So that that is gonna be. And the, you have uh, really good traffic. Yeah, thank you. So that's going to be the the next step, I guess, especially now that I'm only getting 75% of it. <laughs> so I'll report back six months from now and let everyone know if it was smart to do that partnership over it was stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know what? It's, it's one of those things where there's so many different ways to make money online once you... I would say once you get started, like once you actually have good content and people are actually watching your stuff and people like, you know, you're giving, you're putting out content that people actually enjoy reading or watching, Mm -hmm. the money will come later. So I would say it's hard. It's, it's really hard. If you need to make rent for next month, don't become a travel blogger. Yeah. I mean, I started out still living on my savings. That's for sure. And also like, I mean, I think since I, I start traveling intensely or I'm traveling intensely since 2008. So since then, like my whole lifestyle changed and I, started to live very frugally and like i i can live on like 300 euros a month Mm -hmm. and i think that that also helped a lot and um yeah when you start out traveling i mean like make sure you have some some savings because it won't happen overnight like give it some time and like really stick to it and like believe in yourself deliver great content and you will you will see results it may take maybe three months maybe six months maybe a year but uh, once it goes, it, it, it works. And then it just, everything opens up. like Yeah, gates. yeah. I, I, really, I really believe that. Um, but I'll say, so if you guys don't want to save up, think if you can do your job remotely. Because like for you, for example, you're a graphic designer. Couldn't you have just done that freelance? Uh, you mean if I, yeah, I still could do it, of course. Okay. I, I sometimes get offers, but most of the time I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. So why don't you want to do it? Oh, it's just... I don't know. You know, I love design. And the thing is, I love to make design for myself. But like these making designs for others is mostly a disaster because either you work for people who have no idea of design and you make something nice for them and they want to change it and change it and change it. And like, I don't know. It's just, um, I didn't like it. Let's say that. Okay. I like to design for myself and know what's good and not like, yeah having endless discussions with clients and yeah. endless change. Because like, you know, if you make a design for someone, mostly they want to know in the beginning how much you have to pay for a logo and you give them a price. But the thing is like, you can never say how long it takes. Yeah, it takes two hours if they're satisfied. Yeah. If they're not satisfied, it can get into a two-month job. And you know it's what? just frustrating in the okay. end. So I actually just <laughs> uh, became a logo designer. <laughs> well, all right. So somebody had contacted me on, on my Facebook saying, hey, can you make me a CrossFit logo? Yeah. And... 
I said, like, why are you asking me this? Yeah. <laughs> because I never advertised that make logos. And basically, they had linked to an, a page on my on my blogs, you know, the, where I was talking about CrossFit. Yeah. And, you know, I'd, and they were like, well, you know, you make websites, right? And I'm like, yeah, well, I make it for myself. And he's like, you like you do CrossFit, right? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. He's like, can you make me a CrossFit logo? And I said, sure, why not, right? <laughs> and I thought, okay, what can I charge them? You know, what should I charge them? And I was thinking, you know what? I'm just going to outsource it to, to someone. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably not going to cost me that much money. You know, I just charge them a very small amount. You know, yeah. it was, I'm not going to say how much it was, but it was less than a hundred dollars. Okay. Which in retrospect, it was mm-hmm. way too little yeah. because, um, the actual logo, the first, the first round wasn't bad. It was like, it took me, you know, it, it, it didn't cost me that much to, to make, but, and I'm going to pull up the site right now to, to show, um, to show Sabrina. But basically the first round was fine. But it's been three weeks and almost, you know, every other day she emails me back saying, hey, can you make a little change? So, like, this is the logo I made for her. So, you know exactly what I'm talking. That's why I'm not going to make designs for others anymore. And, like, the little things, like, uh, she decided, hey, I don't want it to be on a, you know, I want to be able to print it out on a a T-shirt. So, the, you know, it doesn't, you know, um, it's not going to look right with these colors. Can you change the colors? And I was like, Mm. okay, I'll do that. And then she said, okay, now we're going to put it on a banner that's, like, you know, 50 meters across. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's, the file size is too small. And then there's little things like the, there's like little distortion, uh, you know, like artistic distortion in it or different like low colors and things like that mm-hmm. that just don't fit. So now this is like revision eight of the of the logo. So this definitely wasn't worth our time, yeah. my time. And the thing is, in retrospect, what I would say is I would charge a flat rate and then I'll say you get three revisions and after that I charge you x amount per you hour. have to charge per hour and they are like very quickly satisfied <laughs> yeah that makes sense so okay so for you to make a logo like this what what would you charge um like i said i don't do logos anymore but i used to take like like 400 dollars for a logo okay something like this so if i'm charging a hundred i'm giving them a good deal yeah i mean what i would do i would say like let's say maybe 400 dollars and i would make three different ones and mm-hmm. from my experience you know you make one which is really good and then you just make two more because like you have to present yeah. ten. Always, it's better to pres- present more than one. And the funny thing is, like, the, the client always chooses the ugly one. Wow. Always the one, you know, you just made within, like, a half minute and mm-hmm. not the one that you think is the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it's, you, we, we are here to make the clients happy. And sometimes, you know, people like simple stuff. Maybe sometimes they don't always have the artistic eye for it, so they just want, you know, what they think looks cool. Yeah. So... Yep. So that's my my new side gig now. Where I, I guess I'm I make so I made this website as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's not completely it because I'm waiting for them to send me um, photos and stuff like that. But you know, I figure it's like one of those things where it doesn't take it doesn't take me that much time to do because I've I'm so used to making websites for myself. What is this WordPress? Uh, no, this is uh, my own kind of secret backend. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. It looks but, good. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks nice. It's you know, it's super functional. So you know it. Uh, I can, you know, and because it's actually cool for the clients because we're in different time zones. So when they go to sleep at night, they, and, uh, and it's 8am for me. So I work on the site during, you know, normal, normal times from like, you know, let's say like before, before lunch or something. Mm-hmm. And I send them the update and they wake up 
at you know 8 a.m. and they're like, wow, overnight this whole <laughs> the whole site is. I don't know different. where you are. <laughs> yeah, and they have you know I think um, eventually I, I think I I did tell them I'm in Thailand because they found me through my my Facebook page. Yeah, they uh, probably don't know the time difference. Yeah, so, and they're just amazed. They're like, man, they're like Johnny. I cannot believe you know that you spent you know stay up all night working on my site. <laughs> uh, so at the end of the day, you know what? Instead of them paying four hundred dollars, you know, for someone else to make a logo or um, or a big firm to, you know, they pay you know four thousand dollars to make a website. Yeah. You know, it, it's. I think it's a great way to kind of supplement your income. So the reason why I'm kind of bringing this up is, if you guys listening back home are working on like let's say a travel blog, you know, it, freelancing or you know doing these projects on the side is a great way to start traveling and be location independent now mm. while you're waiting for your travel blog to get enough traction to, yeah. to make money. I mean, I have to say I, I would still do design mm. if I, if I have to, if I would, if my blog wouldn't make enough money, then of course I would still do design, but it's right now I'm thinking like, I'm not, I'm not chasing the money. It's mm. like, Hey, my blog makes enough. I don't need to make more. I can always make more money, but I don't have to. So I, but I think that's a great feeling. Cause then it's like a, a backup where yeah. if you know that if for some reason, and I don't see it ever happening, but if for some reason, you know, your travel blog shuts down overnight, doesn't make any money, you can always go back to working. I could. Yeah, of course I could. And, you know, and the experience that you gained, you know, creating your travel blog, you know, I'm sure is even more experience than you did when you, you know, you have much more experience now than even when you're making websites full time back, back a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, actually, I also offer now coaching for bloggers because um, I get all the time emails from like new, from people who start out blogging. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was like, hey, maybe I should offer a coaching because I don't have the time to reply all these emails. I'm getting every day up to 50 emails. And um, now I'm forwarding them. I have like a, there's a program called Plansify. Okay. So um, people can contact me and uh, schedule a I saw Skype that. It's session like, it's like with phone me. coaching. Yeah, exactly. D- does Plansify take a big uh, cut of it or like what percentage do they take from you? Um, they take, I think, am I allowed to say that? Yeah. I think they take 20%. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot. Why don't you just have them PayPal you the money and then you just schedule the Skype session with them? Uh, I, would, I mean, Plansify is like, they just started out, but I um, it's this platform they they have all these expert travelers uh-huh. and anything. So if anybody finds me on, on, on this website and comes through there, of course, I'm happy to pay the commission. Um, okay. But if someone contacts me directly, di- directly through my blog, I could, I could also offer that. I didn't do that. I just started with it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, I had my first session with Plansify last week. Oh, nice. How, and, and did they find you through your blog or through... Um, I'm not sure. I think they found me also. On, I'm not sure, actually. I should ask You should it. ask them because I took a look at it. Yeah. And... It looks like you're one of the most expensive on Plentify. So am I? Yeah. yeah you, so you're like you're fifty dollars an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of other people are like fifteen dollars an hour. Oh no, no, wait. That's uh, fifteen dollars is the three questions. There are oh, two okay. prices. One price is for like just sending three questions. Well, no, that was your price. But yeah. there's, there's some people who you know maybe they're not you know they may, maybe there's, there's a good chance anyone that's going to charge fifteen dollars an hour to Skype probably mm. isn't making that much money from their blog. All right. Yeah. Realistically. Uh, so, you know, there's plenty of people on Planify that are willing to spend, you know, to do a whole hour and three questions yeah. for $15. But I don't think those people, you know, really are, are experts because they're, they're not valuing their time. Yeah. Um, so actually what I, what I would do if I was you is I would keep your profile up on Planify. So if someone finds you through there, then pay them the 20% commission. Yeah. But then if they're finding you directly through your blog, 
you should just have it be a PayPal buy buy now button because then there's no reason for you to pay twenty five for it. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I have on mine. I have. Yeah, a, that's smart. You're I right. have a little thing that says <laughs> phone coaching, and you know, I have oh, yeah. an ugly site, you know, uh, but it's basically just a, a drop down um, a PayPal buy now button, and I actually charge a lot. I, I charge. Hundred and fifteen dollars an hour. Oh, but you know the, the thing is like if you are too cheap, I, I don't I don't have the time to make ten phone calls a yeah. day. That's also like I think you should have your price and like it also. I mean, you give value. Yeah, and honestly, I, I actually the reason why the, the price is so high is because I kind of discourage people from wanting just to chit chat. You know, if if someone's gonna pay a hundred dollars yeah. for an hour to talk to me, I want them to actually have good questions and yeah, you know, it's come to the point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I'm actually I'm actually surprised how many people how many people actually buy this from me. So yeah. I think I've done about eight. Uh, I've had eight clients now, and uh, what's amazing is people actually you know like put up a phone po- phone post somewhere else, totally unsolicited, and said, "Hey, I spent five hundred dollars with Johnny, and it was worth it." So I I definitely agree that if if you even for you you can raise your price okay. and and really just have it say you know what. If you're serious about making money through through, yeah. through blogging, that you know, then contact me. If you're not, if you just want to get started, there's free information out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just started out, but I think you're right. And I mean, like, I mean, of course, this this coaching it sounds very expensive. You think, oh, hundred dollars an hour, I can do this for free. But yeah, you're gonna spend maybe three months on the internet researching, or you can have it in one hour and get all the uh, and get everything straight to the point. Um, I would do totally the same. I mean, that's also the reason why we buy ebooks because, like, of course, we can get all this information for free, but here we have it all concentrated and, like, we can read it in a weekend and we gain more information that we, yeah, instead of, like, wasting our time on the internet. Exactly. So let's not waste any more time on the internet. Let's wrap it up. Yes. Uh, everyone, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, so your website is just onewayticket.com yeah and if you want to they want to find you on facebook it's also just one way ticket uh I'll, i'll link to all this on the show notes this is episode 41 of the travel like a boss podcast and sabrina thank you for having me yeah thank you so uh see you guys around and see you guys next week Bye-bye. Yeah. bye thank you for listening to the travel like a boss podcast if you want to hear more including the bonus how to choose the perfect niche episode join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.